I'm here. Okay, I think I'm recording. Hi, everyone. I just want to welcome you to, uh, I guess we'll call this, what will we call this, quarantine episode one of Hanging with Hendo, the podcast. And I've got a really special guest who uh, is joining us straight from, well, the Jersey Shore, I believe, we're beaming you in from. And you're on your, what are you on right now? What's the thing you're on? What I'm on a really fancy elliptical machine. It's about uh, two feet by two feet. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> I've seen those on like for like people sitting in their seats and they're like pedaling their little feet. Anyway, we have Dina, <laughs> Dina the Bird Toriello is here with me live from the Jersey Shore while she's on her elliptical machine. So we thought this would be a perfect time to podcast. <laughs> so, um, you know, those of you who know and love Dina Toriello, many of you do. It's such a treat to have you with me and to spend a little time this morning with my friend, giggling and cracking up. We were just laughing about this whole situation. So at least we're laughing, right? For now. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, I vacillate. Know. but Yes, we'll go with laughter for now. <laughs> yeah, we do vacillate. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> you know, um, we just sort of went right into it about like hoax versus not hoax and the people who are still clinging on to hoaxness in all of this um, and how some of our, the older people in our lives are still sort of in denial. aisle a bit, um, <laughs> <laughs> a bit, a little bit in denial. aisle, And, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know where, where, where do you stand in all this, Dina, as far as what's happening? Well, when, when it first sort of started trickling into our consciousness, mm-hmm a little earlier in the year, I had my eyes on it because working on Broadway and having to do the commute that I do, right? usually on fairly crowded buses, I was a little concerned, pretty much out of the gate. <laughs> yeah. So moderately, am I making you seasick? Don't look at the camera. And, uh, <laughs> Poor Kristen is like, stop moving. <laughs> uh, Bertie and I are on wrong. FaceTime for this so that we can get the audio in. That, so that's why I can see Bertie on our little machine and so funny. Sorry. My anyway. little head bobbing up and down. Um, so, you know, I, I was sort of maybe obsessing at that time wasn't the right word, which it would definitely be the right word now. But right. back then it was just keeping a close eye. Yeah. And I was definitely Concerned. taking many precautions. Yeah, you know, so you I were not take, thinking this is nonsense or this is like just a flu, not. just a regular old flu. Not at no point did I think that. Yeah, where everybody um, needs a vent, where we run out of vent. You know, flu season, we run out of ventilators and hospitals. You know, just beds. the usual winter for us. Yeah, no <laughs> ventilators and flu people season dying. Where yeah. We run out of beds and ventilators, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, I do think <laughs> that as a band that travels in close quarters, we certainly know about like tossing infectious diseases around <laughs> to each other. That's right. <laughs> we had a few of those. In fact, perhaps we're immune to this coronavirus as a result of all that. I don't know. I mean, right? We would just toss a freaking flu back and forth to the front front fevers flying around from from the front front bench to the back of the van in a week's time. I mean, we could put each other out of work in no time. I remember one time we played in Athens, Georgia, and I had like a hundred and two point eight fever. And it was like, I rolled out of the van, like right as the show was starting. It was like, I heard the music start and I kind of rolled out and got on the stage and played that show. What was the sickest you ever were playing a show? Uh, I had a similar night to that in Savannah Mm -hmm. at the Velvet Elvis. Right. Was it the same run of dates? It must've been. 
must have been. I had a I had a pretty I had a I had a fever for sure. Yeah. Um, I even splurged for my own room that night to oh, have yeah. my, my rest and to self quarantine from my bandmates for five minutes. That was nice. But I think the sickest I was actually was on the Rob Thomas tour. Oh yeah. When the bus broke down and they sent us that nasty bus that hadn't been cleaned. Yeah. And Jenny got sick and then I got sick yeah. and I had 102, legit 102 fever. I would crawl out of the bunk. Yeah. Shivering and shaking, blow in for sound check. Right. Shiver and shake my way through the first three minutes of the show and then I'd be sweating. And then I would take a shower in the venue and then I'd shiver and shake the rest of the night. Right. <laughs> so, oh God. I don't think that I've was ever, awesome. I don't think I've ever taken a shower in a venue. Well, that's how bad it was. Yeah. No, but those were those were nice venues and the showers were fine. But I I needed to try to help any way that I could because right. it was bad. Yeah, no, I, I think for that had to have been when you're saying Savannah. I think that was the same tour we did Savannah and we did. I think you're right. So you Athens. probably gave it to me or vice versa. I'm sure you gave it to me. Uh huh. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> like it matters. Oh, gross. So, okay. So, so for those of you who know the bird. Um, she's been Antigone's dr uh, drummer for centuries, um, <laughs> since back in the cave days when we lived in a cave. And uh, that's right. And a couple years back, Dina um, blew out, took a little bit of a leave to play drums on Broadway um, in the Go Go's musical Head Over Heels. So tell us a little bit about that and how that <laughs> went and how it's going now. Uh, well, it was crazy how. You know, I had been, while we were working, you know, we were, because of you two moms in the band, you mm -hmm. know, we weren't touring as much and I was looking for other opportunities to supplement and do other stuff and stay busy. And I had started looking into Broadway, meeting with people who I knew and just trying to sit in pits and watch drummers totally. play and so cool. figure out how that works, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, nothing came of it. And I was like, all right, whatever. And I had moved down to the house in South Jersey. And, uh, I mean, within, within six months, probably not even six months of moving down here, I got a random email from a guy that I met two years prior, right? <clears throat> who's one of the biggest music contractors on Broadway. And they were looking for a female rock drummer for the head over heel show. Right. I mean, it just, the email just blew into my inbox. Like, yeah. And I literally did one of those, like rubbing my eyes, you know, and I couldn't believe it. Yeah. So I got referred by a good friend of mine, Sammy Marandino, who was Cindy Lauper's drummer and was the drummer in Kinky Boots. Yeah. And then went on to do Pretty Woman and is now in Diana, the musical. Oh, nice. Um, he's amazing. He's a great drummer, super nice guy, total mensch, love him. He, he made the, you know, the, the firm recommendation for me yeah. and they went with it. They didn't, there's no auditions on Broadway oh, it's wow. referral and you go in and I didn't know this at the time, thankfully, but you have, uh, I want to say it's three days, yeah. two days or three days where once you start working, if for some reason they're not happy, they can fire you. Oh. Once you get, it's like tenure as yeah. a teacher. Once you get past those few days, short of becoming an ax murderer, like you're in, you're good. <laughs> So, so you didn't murder so anybody? In. That's awesome. <laughs> so, you know, if I were to say, I mean, other than the fact that you're our, you're our drummer, so like that's the perfect gig for you. But outside of being in our band, I think something like this is so perfect for so many reasons, because how many, how many nights did we spend in the van just like 
blowing our lungs out singing Broadway tunes back and forth, <laughs> you and me especially, right? We would sing totally. it. And it's like, so what you do, it's so up your alley. Um, it, it really is, you know, people who don't know that side of me, right. you know, my mom was a huge, it was a Broadway aficionado and she went, she started going to Broadway shows when she was in high school and continued until months before she died. She and I went to her last show together. Right. We saw Tyne Daly in Masterclass, of which was course. amazing. Of course we did. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and uh, so she passed that on to me, you know, after my parents divorced, she would, you know, try to come up with things to do with us right? because money was tight and we didn't do a lot. We didn't have a lot, but occasionally we'd get treated to a day in the city. We'd go in to see a show yeah, yeah, I love and it. we'd have lunch or dinner, you know, and see a show. And it was like a big thing. And I loved it. Right. So love your mom. Um, Barb's. So, Barb's. I know. So I kind of grew up with this like split screen of like wanting to be a rock drummer and wanting to play Broadway, right, right, <laughs> kind of right. like and had both. I feel like so. you sort of straddle that your whole career, honestly. Like the way you drum is, you come at it in a really thoughtful way. You always have, and Thank you. Uh, there's something super consistent about what you do too. I mean, it's. I don't think many drummers have that sort of accuracy or tenacity to sit, play like the way you do. You know, I mean, cert- you're certainly. I mean, you know, we could go on and on for days about. It how you drum, but um, anyway, you're so perfect uh, for a Broadway show because they need you to be consistent every night, play it the right way. And it's you're true. You're like nuts about that stuff. Like it's like, it, it's true. You know, drumming. it was sort of like, you know, being in the touring rock band, you know, I'm sure most of their drummers in my shoes and my scenario would you know, take opportunities to get like way more creative than I ever did. You right. know, I didn't tend to change things up a lot. And it's just whether it was my my Broadway mindset or the Ringo Karen Carpenter mindset of playing for the song, you know, it just was never about that for me. Well, I wasn't into blowing chops and doing solos and that's just not my thing. So yes, to that end, <laughs> Broadway certainly is a good fit. Right. I do think though, that. I think that um, your drumming mixed with say Sibby's like um, your consistency mixed with say Sibby's total lack of consistency. Abandon. Yeah, <laughs> Reckless complete abandon. abandonment of anything <laughs> consistent, yeah. you know, playing it however the hell she wants night after night. Totally. Um, you know, sort of through the band in this really interesting place. Um, whereas we could have so easily gone straight into like Grateful Dead Mo jam right. band, like complete jam band, where like from start to finish, there's no, there's no ending right. to See any song. End, whatever happens, happens. Right. <laughs> um, but because of the way you drum, it did sort of. We were able to sort of um, toe this line between like jam band and pop rock band that I think yeah. worked at the time, especially as for a touring band. I mean, we needed the thing that was cool about it was that it still enabled us to have that appeal to say a record label, if you were looking for a record deal, which we were, but it also enabled us to be a great touring band because we could play all night long, but not lose the plot. You know what I mean? And right. I do think, um, for and, a lot of and people, never, and sorry, go ahead. No, you go. I was going to say, and within that, never do the same, same show twice. Exactly. I mean, there was a framework of the same show, but it right. was never. The same so you show. held yeah. the framework in, you kept city grounded, you know, and, um, <clears throat> anyway, I do think that though, you know, it made a lot of um, bass players who had come and gone through the years nervous, but 
but you you never it never really never really wrecked your groove at all anyway no 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 and it and honestly you know the old sort of the the older broadway musicians you know because oh you're you're cutting out is it my is it my my tread my treadmill i think your I mean, treadmill my, uh, i think the electric circuit is cutting into the uh <laughs> our connection that, that <laughs> yeah slow down on that right, thing good. There's no electricity know, involved crazy. with that, is there? Is there electricity on those little pedals? No. Bernie's nope. on one of those little pedal things. It's like a little, like you could be powering a windmill or something right now. <laughs> so ridiculous. You could have brought that on tour totally and just had it on the floor of the van, right? I totally could have. Oh, totally my God. Totally could have. One of those. Perfect. <laughs> anyway, you were saying... About the Broadway, like the older Broadway musicians, yeah. you know, who have watched the industry sort of shift, you know, the joke was always Broadway was where you finished, not where you started. Right. Because it was never like the cool, quote unquote, cool gig, you know? Right, right, right. But now, you know, back then, the cats who came out of conservatories were looking to go on their jazz tour, or yeah. go, you know, and then they'd end up at Broadway like later. Right. Which... I ultimately did. That was my route, right? But a lot of the musicians now are coming out of conservatory, right? And they're gunning, they're gunning for Broadway gigs. Right. They want to go there, right? Because it's steady work if you can get it, you know. Totally. Unless there's other a than pandemic, a, other than a coronavirus, <laughs> that, a, super steady. Unless there's a worldwide pandemic, of course, then then it suddenly becomes questionable. The, one of the worst things you could be doing because only while Birdie's on know. drumming on Broadway can this happen, <laughs> right? <laughs> It's like, so, of but, course, um, you finally find the most consistent gig on earth, like your dream. It's like your film. dream come true. Yeah. Um. Now that, yeah. But, um, and the other gripe with, with that scenario of the youngsters sort of coming, you know, out of school and into Broadway, the oldsters will complain, you know, they haven't paid their dues. Right. And they don't know how to be in a live band. Now. I don't know if any of that's true. Like right. I wouldn't, I've played with plenty of young musicians on Broadway who were great. So yeah. I don't really, I don't subscribe to that theory, yeah. but let's say that that theory is true. Yeah. I know, I know that my decades. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, what are you talking about? Yeah. Definitely, you know, made me super capable for this gig. Like oh it God. just allowed, like, for example, I'll give you a, for instance, mm -hmm. here's a nice tale during head over heels. Yeah. You know this because you got the tour. I was in my own room in the basement yeah. of, the, of the theater. Of the pit. The yeah. rest of the band was on a platform upstage <clears throat> behind a scrim. And then there was the big reveal. So towards the end of the second act, I had to run up two flights of stairs and join. There was a second drum kit. I had to join, right, whatever. But I'm in my basement, which I called the bomb shelter because it was just a brick room with nothing. Yeah. And... We're starting the top of act two one night and the camera feed. So you have a video feed of your conductor. That's how you get your cues. The, the camera feed, the video feed goes out. <laughs> so I have no visual to my, exactly. to my MD to get my cues. Right. <laughs> and I was, and that, you know, and I was just like, all right, well, okay, oh, here we go. <laughs> wow. Right. And it kind of reminds Reminds me of like, for example, when we were playing Mow Down and the power went out. Exactly. And we just kept playing. Right. And you just like, keep going. Shit definitely happened to us. You know? Right. We've been through <laughs> some pretty critical moments. Yeah. You're not so flappable at that point. You right. Know? So. Right. Those those moments definitely uh definitely helped. <laughs> right. Exactly. 
Uh, yeah. Birdie is referring to a festival that we played um, early on. I guess it was early on. We had just gotten signed, I think, to Atlantic Records. But we were playing Modown, which is a music festival, a big music festival. And while we were on stage, was there a storm happening in that time? Was it raining or why did we I don't lose power? I don't remember there being rain. I don't right? know if it just there was a power surge or so I don't we know what a, happened. We were on this huge festival stage in the middle of our set. And literally the power went out and just cut everything off all the all the audio obviously um dina's drums were still loud enough but everything else just sort of cut out and so we just we turned went, it into a percussion exactly right? you jumped on your rig and yeah so we like just a- literally segued into you know the entire band just sort of abandoning their instruments grabbing sticks and i start playing you know i had i guess some timbali set up i think we got like Vinny amico and um Jim Laughlin. Yeah, Jim Laughlin from Mo came out. And we all just started this massive drum circle in the middle of the show. And there was literally no stop. It just transitioned perfectly. But that's the stuff you learn when you're on the road like that. So I can imagine you're sitting in a pit all by yourself down there. And those, like, you can't see any other musicians. So, like, just to get put this in perspective, you're not seeing anybody else in the orchestra. You're Now you're not even seeing the conductor who's cueing things. So what are you hearing in your headphones? Like, what, what can you hear? You're just hearing lines from the show. Like, how are you cueing yourself? We have, well, you have an Avion mix of whatever, you know, however loud or whatever, however you choose to set it up, like a monitor mix on stage. Right. And I do, I do have in my mixes, I always keep a little bit of the actors just to, to know what's happening because a lot of times when you're in vamps yeah. and you're holding, holding in a one bar or two bar phrase, there's a, a specific line right. that is the cue to get out of the vamp. And while the MD still cues it, I like to know when it's coming so I can be ready for the cue. Of course. So like, I like to hear things like that. So they're in my mix. I have all the band in, in my, my mix. Um, but I'm, just trying to, I'm, I'm trying to understand. So, so there's like a, mo- if there's a monologue going on now, you don't even have the MD in your, in your cam on your not, camera, not in my video, but she has, she has a talk back. We all have talk okay. back. Got you, got you, got you. So, so did you tell her like, back mic on? So she knew she you couldn't giving, see her. She knew. Well, it was everybody. Like, Oh my God. Yeah. So, so to make it even crazier. And this is the thing I love about Broadway is there's so many moving parts. Right. You know, when you're on, when you're in a band and you're on stage, it's, it's you. It's the four or five of you on stage, right? right? Three of you now. <clears throat> um, so it's there's a lot less potential for <laughs> catastrophe, right? Right, right, right. But in live theater, you have all the actors, you have the musicians, and then you have the stage managers, right? CSMs, the production stage managers, who quote-unquote called the show. Right. So there are things that happen on their cue, lighting cues, like all this stuff, buttons get pressed and lighting cues happen and all these, you know, sound cues and right. curtains moving and props moving and all the shit on their cue. And that all comes off of the MD. Right. So the whole show essentially was affected by the fact that there was no, there was no feed. Right. And everything had to be done verbally. So we all got through it and it was fine. Yeah. And we were very proud of ourselves for being Rightfully. able to. Like not have it like Mr. Magoo where everything's like falling down on the stage around you, you know, but it was pretty awesome. You, you know? magooed like, your way walk- through. You magooed your <laughs> totally. way through. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Free falling through. Like, that was pretty cool. Like we, we got that. We, yeah, we yeah. nailed that, you know? That's awesome. So, so yeah. You don't want to ever do it again, but it was fun for the moment. It was exactly a, an exhilarating exactly. plunge that you took. Totally. So, so, and now similarly at Little Shop, um, 
which is at the West Side Theater, which is a super small house, yeah. 270 seats. Bertie, just for the record, Bertie is now um, drumming. Uh, Head Over Heels closed about a year ago, six months ago. When did it close? Oh my God, a year ago, January. Yeah, so... Um, January 6th, I think, of, of uh, 19. So Dina now is drumming... Uh, is it off-Broadway, Little Shop of Horrors? It is, yeah. yeah. So she's off-Broadway drumming in Little Shop of Horrors now. So as yeah. you were saying, I'm sorry. Did, That's okay. Um, the theater space is so small, there's actually no pit area whatsoever. So as you come up, it's a very strange space. There's actually two theaters. Mm -hmm. It's an old church that was converted into this theater space. Yeah. And there's two theaters, but we're in the up, quote unquote upstairs theater. And the show that was running when we moved in has since closed and they haven't brought anybody else in right. because we've been doing so well. They don't need to have a second show in there. Oh, that's good. And I would imagine it's really hard to do two shows in there at one time. So, um, the, you enter to get into the backstage area, the green rooms, dressing rooms, whatever you're down in the basement. And then you have to walk up two separate spiral staircases to get to the stage area. And as you exit, come through the door of the second spiral staircase, which brings you backstage, upstage. Um, directly above that is a platform where the music director, who is the piano player, and the guitarist live. Right. And then directly, so that's stage right. Directly opposite, far stage left, also upstage, is another platform over the quick, quick change costume room. Yeah. And they built like a four foot extension over that to accommodate a, a little drum room. So me and the bass player live up there and we literally have to crawl up a ladder. We call it the tree house, yeah. both, all the musicians. It's like a jungle gym. It's like a metal bar, metal ladders that we have to climb up to get oh, into fine. this platform. It's crazy. <laughs> so- um, You're like swinging from a vine to get to your kit. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so that brings its own sense of challenges, but- right. uh, but that's our that's our little space. We call it the tree house, and oh, Sue awesome. Williams is the bass player. So we have like the girl side and the boy Who's side. Who's the bass yeah. player? I'm sorry, Sue Williams. Oh, nice. Is her name. Cool. She's um, great. So, Bertie, you know, we should probably wrap things up, and but let's plan to get back on again sometime soon. And um, let's just maybe promote you a little bit. Talk about what you're doing, even though you're on hiatus, obviously. So you're you're now drumming off Broadway, Little Shop of Horrors. What theater is it running in? The West Side Theater. Okay. So everybody- 43rd and 9th. 23rd and 9th? 43rd. Oh, 43rd. Cool. Uh -huh. So, you know, and where can people find out about you and what you're up to? Um, my website, right. dinatoriello.com. Okay. My social media stuff. I'm, I'm horrible with Twitter, admittedly. Yeah. I don't know why. I just can't get my head around Twitter, but I don't. But I Instagram. Oh, good. And, you know, uh, Facebook. So Dina Toriello. Yeah. At the you know, it's all it's all on my website. So you go there and you can you can get to all others from all else from there. All right. So it's Dina Toriello, D-E-N-A-T-A-U-R-I-E-L-L-O, Dina Toriello, um, who we lovingly Excellent. refer to as the bird. She's been Antigua's drummer for centuries now. Um, <laughs> and is on, you know, and uh, you know, we don't know how long of a hiatus, but never gone, always, you know. We would never, ever, there's always the potential. And I know we were, we've been talking about Birdie drumming with us for the Girls Rising Music Festival. So we may be a four piece for that event, but um, now that's in limbo. I mean, you know, compliments yeah. of Corona, but um, so who knows if that'll happen or not. Not the beer. 
it, who knows, the, you know, the festival's on hiatus. It was supposed to happen in June. It's moved to September at the very least now. Hopefully it happens this year. And if it does, hopefully you we can get you in the drum. That would be so fun. That to would have be you back. so much fun. I, I miss you guys. I know I love we you miss guys. you too. And we love you too. So let's plan on um, doing this again over the break while, That'd be while awesome. this is going on. And everybody, um, you know, stay safe and be well and stay inside. Right, Bird? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Social distancing is key. Take the shit for real. Keep your hands to yourself. All right, Birdie. Love you so much. <laughs> love you. And uh, I'll see Bye. you again soon. Bye-bye. Sounds good. Bye.